now. And today we're, we're getting close to the end of what the Psalms has to say, and we're not going to be able to cover every place in the Scriptures where it tells us what it means to be blessed. But uh, we've got maybe one or two more here from the Psalms that we can look at. But today we're looking at Psalm 94, and you'll see the blessing there in number 12, of verse 12. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. And that's what we want to think about this morning. But before we dive into God's Word, let's pray uh, and ask the Lord to give us understanding. Lord, we come to your Word, and, and sometimes, Lord, we can be very apathetic about it. Uh, but Lord, remind us once again that it is your Word. You, the Creator, of all things, has spoken to us and revealed your will to us. And Lord, we pray that it would be impressed upon us this morning. We ask, Lord, that you would give us ears to hear. We pray for illumination. Lord, turn the lights on in our hearts where there is darkness, where there is fogginess and misunderstanding and not clear thinking. We pray, Lord, that, that you would grant us all an aha moment here this morning. Lord, we pray, especially for those who are going through difficulty, that this, these words might be an encouragement. And Lord, we know that this applies to all of us because we all experience days of trouble. So Lord, we pray that we would be equipped for those days and encouraged in our day of trouble this morning. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, hear now God's holy word from Psalm 94. O Lord, God of vengeance, O God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth, repay to the proud what they deserve. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? They pour out their arrogant words, all the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. And they say, the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. Understand, O dullest of the people, fools, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, does he not hear? He who formed the eye, does he not see? He who disciplines the nations, does he not rebuke? He who teaches man knowledge, the Lord, knows the thoughts of man that they are but a breath. Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. When I thought, my foot slips, your steadfast love, O Lord, held me up. When the cares of my heart are many, your consolations cheer my soul. Can wicked rulers be allied with you, those who frame injustice by statute? They band together against the life of the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my stronghold and my God the rock of my refuge. He will bring back on them their iniquity and wipe them out for their wickedness. The Lord our God will wipe them out. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word to us this morning. 
Days of trouble. They come to everyone sooner or later. Some are even born into days of trouble. I think of that old spiritual song that uh, my favorite rendition of it is Louis Armstrong, where he says, Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows but Jesus. We all have trouble in our lives, and it may be that the days of trouble that you experience are caused by injustice, when wicked people oppress you. Or sometimes days of trouble are so because things have become difficult in your life. Instead of smooth sailing, the way is fraught with obstacles in the way. Or maybe it is poor health that marks your day of trouble. Or perhaps you have experienced the loss of a loved one and your troubled days are are filled with grief. Or maybe the cares of life have you so mired in anxiety that all is trouble. Well, we all probably think that the last thing that anyone going through days of trouble would say is that they are blessed. You know, that's not... how we would describe someone who is blessed, someone who is going through days of trouble. We are more likely to believe that they're cursed, actually. One just has to look at the book of Job. Here's Job, a righteous man, even by God's uh, statement of him being righteous, yet his friend says, you must have done something wrong. God is cursing you because you're going through these days of trouble. And they were wrong. They were wrong to say those things about Job. However, as we think about going through difficult times ourselves or when others go through difficult times and we have opinions about what that means, this psalm tells us that there is a blessedness, a happiness, a sense of fulfillment that we can experience even in the midst of the days of trouble. Now, do you want to experience what the psalmist mentions here in verse 13, rest from days of trouble? I mean, I think we all would say yes to that question. Now, to clarify what he means here, as we will see as we continue studying this psalm, is that there is a rest, a peace, a quiet, a calm that can be experienced within the days of trouble. Now, this does not mean that there won't be days of trouble in this life or that there can be some point where our days of trouble are over forever in this life. Days of trouble are certain. But how do we experience rest, peace, and calm even in the midst of trials? How do we experience that, as Paul said in Philippians, that peace that passes all understanding Peace when, when you shouldn't have peace by all outward appearances. How does one experience that? Now, there are three points I want to explore this morning. First, the problem that threatens rest. Secondly, the principle that gives rest. And then finally, the promises that undergird rest. Now, first, the psalmist here describes a problem that threatens his rest. In this case... The problem here is injustice and oppression. Look at verse 3. O Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked exult? 
So you've got these wicked people, and they're obviously in power, and they are boasting in their power. They're very proud and arrogant, and they're getting away with it. And they don't think that God sees. They pour out their arrogant words. All the evildoers boast. They crush your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They kill the widow and the sojourner and murder the fatherless. See, these are vulnerable people, the, the widow, the sojourner, and the fatherless. And they say, the Lord doesn't see, the God of Jacob does not perceive. They, they live their lives as if there's never going to be a day of accountability. And they think they're just going to get away with doing whatever it is they want to do. They think that they can crush God's people without any consequences whatsoever. So this is the psalmist experience. This is what's going on in his day. And he's crying out to God about it. Now, many of us are are not experiencing this type of oppression and injustice, though some may be this morning. But we all, as I said before, have days of trouble where, where we are tempted to think and feel that God has overlooked us. And that's what the psalmist is crying out for. And, and here's the temptation that we all have that's revealed here. The, the, the wicked are getting away with it. The, there's difficulty for God's people. And we're wondering, uh, how long is it going to last? Is, is God even here? Does he see? See, we're tempted to think almost like the wicked. The wicked say, well, God doesn't see, God doesn't hear, and so there's no consequences. We can do whatever we want to do, and we can oppress those people that we don't like. But we can also say the same thing. We can, when we're going through days of trouble, say, does God see? Does God hear? Is God paying attention? I I think of the disciples when they're in the boat with Jesus, and, of course, these guys, most of them, were fishermen. They grew up uh, on the Sea of Galilee, and they were experienced in and uh, sailing and fishing and all that, and here they're, they're enduring a storm throughout the night. And, and Jesus is asleep on the cushion in the boat, and they wake him up and say, Master, do you not see, do you not care that we're, we're perishing here? And of course Jesus just says, Peace be still, and the winds are stilled, and they get safely to the other side with a word. But we can have that same kind of attitude, uh, that same kind of question on our hearts. God, do you not see that I'm dying here? Do you not see what I'm going through? How long is this going to go on? And why me? Why am I going through this? So this psalm addresses us in our day of trouble. You know, there uh, there are days of trouble where we cry out and, and we are tempted to think that God has forgotten us. But this psalm says, no, he has not forgotten you. He has not forsaken you. And even in the difficulties of life, as we just sang, he will hold you fast. So that's the problem that threatens our rest, thinking that God has abandoned or forsaken us, thinking that he doesn't care about our situation, or that, that we're enduring something uh, for no reason whatsoever. And I bet you have asked those questions. Why me? How long? Well, that's the problem that threatens rest. The second thing we want to see is the principle that gives rest. And that takes us to verse 12 and 13 that uh, uh, outlines uh, our blessing here this morning. 
Blessed is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give him rest from days of trouble until a pit is dug for the wicked. Until that day comes, the day that we sang about in the second hymn, Lo, he comes with clouds descending. That day will be a day of reckoning where God will put everything right through his son. And, and, and that day is coming. And that's what he's saying. What are we doing in the meantime? How can we enjoy and be blessed in the meantime until this pit is dug for the wicked, until righteousness is returned to the righteous? Uh, he tells us here, you can have rest not from the days of trouble in that you won't experience the days of trouble, but rest from, from the days of trouble in that you will have rest within those days of trouble. How do you get that? Well, first he says, blessed, happy, fulfilled is the man whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law. As we go through the inevitable difficulties of life, the day of trouble, if you are putting your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, if you belong to him, you can have assurance that God has a purpose behind what you're going through. And that purpose is a good purpose. First of all, he says that God disciplines the blessed one. Blessed is the man whom you discipline. See, that gives a purpose to your suffering, to the difficulties. And if we are aware in our day of trouble to think what can I learn from this? How can I grow in this? What, what is God teaching me in this? Then we are certainly blessed. We can experience rest, knowing that God is disciplining us, and that's a good thing. Now, nobody likes to be disciplined, do they? You know, we, we think of uh, you know, being punished, or we think of bad consequences, and, and that kind of gives us a shudder. But the scriptures tell us, especially Hebrews 12 that I want to read to you, uh, it's coming off telling us about all these people of faith in Hebrews 11. And he's, he points us back to those folks and says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder of and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, even Jesus, of course, he went through suffering his entire life. Even when he was born, people were trying to kill him. And it just got worse as time went on until ultimately, uh, in one sense, they succeeded. The writer of Hebrews is telling us, yes, you need some endurance you need to think about Jesus. You need, there's going to be cause in your life to have endurance, to go through days of trouble. And he says this, Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. And then he goes on to say, Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. 
And then he goes to talk about earthly fathers. Uh, of course, I'm an earthly father, and, um, and when my children were younger especially, uh, you know, you go to play some, some place like Chuck E. Cheese, and, you know, your kids would start acting up, and, and I would be sure, and Sarah especially, because she's a better disciplinarian than I am, we would be sure to make sure that our children didn't misbehave. But then you see other children, and they're misbehaving, and I don't say anything to them, because they're not my children, and they're, they're not my business. I just mutter under my breath about them. I think, wow, those parents need to step it up. That's what I think. But my children, I have focused my attention on, and the same is true of God. That's what Hebrews is, is telling us. These, these difficult situations that we find ourselves in, God's using that in our lives. He's, he's treating us as, as children, as his children. He's disciplining us. He wants us to be holy. That's his purpose. He's, he's, he's trying to make us like Christ in our lives. That's his purpose. We're, we're to resemble him in everything. And he is working on us. And sometimes adversity is the way that he does that. So when we're going through times of adversity and we know the Lord, we can be assured that God has a good purpose for that. Romans 8:28, of course. All things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So the Lord disciplines the one he loves. And if we have that perspective, that's helpful. But even more, the blessedness comes in knowing that God is working on us. We are blessed if we're going through days of trouble and we are believers because God is using that to make us more like him. It's just stopping and recognizing that, I think, that would be helpful in the midst of that. So that's the first thing, uh, the first uh, part of the principle that gives us rest. The second part is what he goes on to say. God teaches the blessed one out of his law. Now, before we uh, started the sermon, we prayed for illumination, to use the theological term. And, of course, that just means that God shines the light. He helps us to see. He makes it... Uh, possible that we can grasp his word, his truth. We have to have that because otherwise we're just blind. Our sin blinds us. The Bible talks about uh, the, the people who have a veil covering their faces. They don't understand the things of God. God, through the Holy Spirit, has to remove the blinders that we have and open our eyes. So he's saying here, blessed is the one who you, whom you teach out of your law Blessed are you if, if you get it, if you understand his word and, and it means something to you, especially in those days of, of trouble that we experience. Romans 15.4, Paul tells us, Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. The scriptures are there to encourage us, to help us understand what's going on in the world. How do we interpret what's going on in our lives? How do we understand it? If we don't understand it according to God's word, we're going to make all kinds of wrong assumptions about what's happening to us and what the Lord is doing in our lives. We're blessed if we understand that God's word is uh, what God's word says about days of trouble, what God's word tells us about his people who experience days of trouble. And and to find comfort in the scriptures about all that God uh, has promised, all that God is doing, we find that in his word. It's not through some platitudes that the world gives. 
We get it in God's word. So yes, if you're, the principle is that you're blessed, even in the days of trouble, if, if God is disciplining you, if God is shaping you into the image of Christ, uh, you, you are blessed. You are blessed if you can deepen your faith during the trial by understanding that God is working and God is doing and God loves and, and you're going to place your trust in him even though the circumstances you're going through are very difficult. See, God is working and you can stop and say, you know, I'm blessed in this even though the times are difficult in which I live. The psalmist then takes us to the third thing I want to show you. And really, building off that last point I just made, what does the word here say about it? What promises do we have even within this psalm that help us in days of trouble? I mean, we can start from the, the very beginning. Uh, first of all, he cries out, O Lord, God of vengeance, God of vengeance, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Repay to the proud what they deserve. Now that title, God of Vengeance, the word vengeance is kind of a loaded term. Uh, another way to translate that Hebrew word is retribution. Um, it, it really is a, a word that means justice, that, that means God is going to execute justice. He is going to make things right. He is the God of vengeance. For those who uh, are oppressing his people, he is going to bring judgment on them. There's going to be a day when everything will be revealed and that which is wrong is going to be made right. Now there's a lot in our world that we can look at and, and, and we know that it's not right. Uh, and, and there are a lot of things in our world that we see that we don't even know what the, what the truth is. I think of this, this uh, situation with uh, Judge Kavanaugh and the accusations that are being made against him. Now, we can have all of our theories about it, but not one of us knows the truth. And, and one, one person says, this happened. The other person says, no, it didn't. And really, there's, there's no way of us really knowing for sure what exactly happened. But there will be a day when the, the truth will come to light. God will bring that truth to light, and God will, will bring justice to the situation. Now that's a small thing really in the, in the grand scheme of life. But there are so many injustices that have happened in the, in the world and that are happening into the world to God's people. And one day God is going to make that right. He is going to punish the wicked. There's going to be a pit dug for the wicked it says there in verse 13. Uh, verse 23, uh, God will wipe them out. Uh, God will destroy all his and our enemies. Read the book of Revelation. That's what that's all about. There's going to be a coming a day when, when those who think they're getting away with it won't get away with it any longer. That may sound harsh in our language. We think, oh, God is a God of love. Yes, he is a God of love. He loves his people, and he will protect them. He allows them to go through difficulties. Yes, he does. But ultimately, one day, we have something to look forward to. There will be no more days of trouble ever again, and everything will be made right. So there is a God who sees, who hears, who knows, and he's going to do something about it. The only question is not if he's going to do it. The only question is when is he going to do it? 
You know, the sun is hidden from our view sometimes, but it hasn't stopped shining. And one day that sun's going to shine on everything and bring it all to light. So that's why he says, God of vengeance, shine forth. Show the truth. So God sees, God knows, and there will be discipline brought. But look at verse 14 and following here. What a wonderful verse this is. The Lord will not forsake his people. We can say, oh, Lord, where are you? Have you forsaken me? Have you abandoned me? The Lord will not forsake his people. He will not abandon his heritage. We have even uh, an even greater reason to believe this is true. Of course, we, believe, we should believe it's true just on its merit being God's word. But since Christ came, we have a greater reason to believe that this is true. We have every reason to believe that God should forsake us, that he should abandon us, that he should throw us into the pit with the wicked because we are those people. We are those wicked people. We are sinners. But because of what Christ has done, because he was abandoned on the cross, he was forsaken on the cross in our place, the abandonment that we deserved, Christ took it upon himself. He cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The, the triune God, think about that, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in eternal uh, perfect relationship, in, in eternal perfect fellowship with one another, all the persons of the Godhead together as one. It's hard to even grasp that, but that's what they experienced. But in that moment, because Christ, who knew no sin, who was innocent, he took sin upon himself, he became sin. He bore our sin on the cross and all the wrath that's due to us, the punishment that's due to us was poured out on him so that we would not have to be abandoned, so that we would not have to be forsaken. He has, he has borne it for us so that we can be assured because God loved us so much that he sent his only son into the world that we should not perish but have eternal life. See, that's a guarantee that God will never forsake his people. We deserve it. But that forsakenness, that abandonment was laid out on Christ as he bore our sin on the cross. He will not forsake his people. And then verse 15, For justice will return to the righteous, and all the upright in heart will follow it. And that's that day we're talking about where everything will be made right. So in the meantime, we find consolation in his word. Look at verse 16. Who rises up for me against the wicked? Who stands up for me against evildoers? If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have lived in the land of silence. So he, he's re reminding us that in the midst of the days of trouble, the Lord is our help. Verse 18, the Lord's steadfast love holds us up when our foot slips. When we're overwhelmed with anxiety, verse 19, your consolations cheer my soul. The consolation of his word, the promises of his word. When the wicked rulers, uh, when they make statutes that enforce injustice, the Lord is our stronghold. The Lord is our rock of refuge. And he will make all things right one day. And that has been guaranteed by Christ, the one who will bring judgment, and it has been proven by him being uh, brought up from the dead. Scriptures tell us there will come a day 
when God will, will bring everything into judgment. And he has appointed a judge, and he has proven it by raising him from the dead, Jesus Christ. So the Lord is our help, the Lord is our consolation, the Lord is our rock and our refuge. And these are all the promises that we have in Scripture. So we can enjoy that blessedness that, that the psalmist is talking about, even in the days of trouble. And we, we can think about what we sang earlier uh, in that, that song, He Will Hold Me Fast knowing that Jesus Christ has gone to the greatest lengths. I mean, he left heaven and took on human flesh, and he suffered in his life all the way through to the very end, just so he could save his people. Those he saves are his delight. Christ will hold me fast. Precious in his holy sight, he will hold me fast. He'll not let my soul be lost. His promises shall last. Bought by him at such a cost, he will hold me fast. You can pay a lot of money for it. The more, the more money you pay for an object, right, the more you value it, right, because it has a higher value, and that's the way it should be. Uh, if, you, uh, if you spend a ton of money, I, mean, I bought a nice shirt here recently, and... Um, you know, I've got a lot of shirts that I got at Walmart. And, but when I came to, to wash this one particular shirt, you know, I, I made sure I read the label on that thing because I didn't want to ruin it. I valued it more highly, so I, I wanted to care for it. Well, think of Christ and, and the, the value that's placed on us, that he, he gave his life for us. And do you think he's just going to abandon us? He's paid the ultimate price for us. He values us deeply. And that's what that song is saying. And that's what the scriptures are telling us. And that's what we can be assured of from this psalm. Blessed is the one whom you discipline, O Lord, and whom you teach out of your law to give rest in the days of trouble. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we thank you for the encouragement of your word. And we pray, Lord, that you would grant us faith in these days of trouble that we might be experiencing. Lord, we pray that we would have the assurance of your word that you are indeed disciplining us, causing us to be, uh, bear more the image of Christ, the family resemblance of being in your family, Lord. Help us to be holy in all that we do. Lord, we ask that you would teach us from your law and that that during the times of trouble that we have would bring comfort and peace and consolation as we have a deeper perception and understanding of, of what you're doing in our lives and that, that, that this won't last forever. Uh, Lord, we know one day you will make all things right, and we will, we will be removed from even the presence of sin. Till that day, Lord, we pray that you would give us endurance and encouragement and help us to walk the way that you have given us to walk. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.